Yo, welcome everybody. It's your boy Claiborne Jackson, man, and I'm back in the building. Took a little hiatus. You know what I mean? It's uh it's unplanned and unexpected. But uh, today we're gonna do a little something different. Something I'll normally do. Uh, I'm gonna do the podcast and the video at the same time. But uh I just wanted to touch on it with everybody about my experience with the COVID nineteen uh virus. I want to start this off with a quote from my man, Eric Thomas, man, motivational speaker, where he says, when you want to succeed as much as you want to breathe, then you will be successful. I started off to say, man, um, dealing with this coronavirus and the COVID pneumonia that came along with the coronavirus, you definitely have to come to terms on if you really want to breathe and once you come to terms with if you really want to breathe after you make it through this whole ordeal, if you had any doubts in your mind of what you wanted to do as far as success-wise, what your plan was, what you have for your future, what you've been putting off to do for a day, two, or a week, say, man, this virus is no joke. It'll make you regroup and refocus and get all your thoughts and affairs and immediate action. So now a little backstory on how this whole thing got started. It was uh, probably about two weeks ago. I guess I came in contact with somebody. Um, I didn't go through the whole process of trying to completely trace everything and figure out uh, who gave it to me. Where did it come from? How did it get started? I didn't go through the whole process of that because at this point, it really doesn't matter much to me. I, I had it and it was terrible. Um, now, you know, much respect to everybody out there who's lost loved ones. I've lost a bunch of friends, which really scared the hell out of me because I'm on the side of the table where I've seen so many people go to the hospital for this thing check in and never check back out and that's a real scary thought when you look at it in that sense so for me this whole thing got started maybe about a week ago some change ago Um, and it's weird because it started off with what I thought was an allergy And then from the allergies, it kind of progressed on to realizing, okay, this is not an allergy. This is a real situation. But I'm still not thinking this coronavirus, COVID. I'm not thinking anything like that because really, I hadn't really been around anyone that was um, carrying it to my knowledge and so forth. Y'all got to bear with me because I'm literally fresh out like two days out of inpatient. So kind of bear with me here. Uh, One of the things I will say on a side note, when you get COVID... And it hits everybody different. For me, in my particular situation, I have this fogginess when I think or when I talk. So there's times where I have to pause, regroup, get my thoughts back together, and then kind of continue. Which is why generally when I do these podcasts, I'll have like four pages of notes. But today, we got notes, y'all. We got got notes because the memory is still on fog. But um, anyhow, as I was saying, started off. Just kind of with a fever uh, and a cough. So by Wednesday, uh, the 19th, by the time that date came about, uh, I was burning up, man. I had to stop my work early at my gig so I could try and go get a, a COVID test because, man, I was going through it. I was going through something tough. And uh, But unfortunately, the time frame that we had down here was between, I think, like 7 and 11.30 in the morning, something of that nature. So I missed it. I had to wait until... Um, Wednesday came about Well Thursday I'm sorry Till Thursday came about Thursday comes I get up I go get a COVID test 
take my son he goes with me uh, Thursday night you know uh, everything is kosher I wake up about four something in the morning can't breathe at all everything is closed up can't breathe can't do anything so uh, fortunately I had an inhaler I grab my inhaler and I take about four or five hits of that inhaler and I'm finally able to breathe enough to get my bearings together now originally my first thought process was how much time do I have uh, mentally like just how much time do I have to go without oxygen before it drastically affects my brain and my thought process and you know without oxygen you're just done that's the first thing that came to my mind now mind you I still haven't got my results back so I'm like what the hell is going on I'm not really sure what's happening I'm not sure if I'm just dealing with something at the moment or what's going on so Friday morning comes and uh, probably about Friday afternoon I get the test results back and it says that I'm positive for COVID so I'm like okay this is all making sense now the excuse me the fever the the cough which was hella mild which was a mild cough and now down to the choking aspect of it well you fast forward that a little bit and uh the cough that I had originally was just a dry cough I wasn't coughing up anything come Saturday I get up I go and take a walk um, because I'm thinking okay I got COVID now let me keep moving keep my lungs moving so that things don't settle on me and uh just starts to sit but at the same time, I'm so weak. I'm super drained, man. Like everything that was in me was gone. So part of it I'm attributing to, you know, I just finished doing um, a 30-day fitness challenge. So I was like, I know I went hella hard. It was five days a week. I threw another extra day in. I went hella strict. So I'm thinking maybe some of this is, you know, fatigue and my body is just kind of hurting along with the virus. But I'm thinking I can't be having the virus affect me to that level that is acting like it's affecting me. So I'm, I'm still kind of like uh, in denial and disbelief and kind of brushing it off on other other things that it could possibly be. Well, Saturday is when I became a real believer because Saturday, that dry cough that I had now turned into a cough that was one of those phlegm filled coughs. But not just a phlegm filled cough. When I'm coughing now, I'm coughing up blood. So, you know, sometimes you can cough up blood if you cough too hard on a dry cough and you aggravate some shit with inside and then you can cough up blood and it'll be, you know, every now and then maybe. But now I'm literally coughing up blood like blunt force, like blunt force trauma to the chest. You know, every time I look around, I'm coughing this up and now I'm really starting to get scared. I'm thinking, damn, you know, that's indicative of pneumonia, but pneumonia usually takes time to build so I thought so I believed over my years of dealing with different sicknesses and so forth so Saturday afternoon after I take my walk and I'm thinking everything is all good because I'm breathing decent I'm just coughing up this stuff now I'm sitting still and it was just the strangest thing it was like I'm having a mild conversation but then I stopped the conversation because I'm getting short of breath and then everything just shut down. Everything shut down. My breathing just stopped again. And it went from just having like, like before when I was having a, that slight breathing issue and I hit the inhaler a few times. Now it was like trying to suck air through a freaking uh, cocktail straw. Like you're trying to suck a milkshake through that joint. Or if you put that same straw inside of a plastic bag and you just sucked all the air out that mug, 
and now you're just sucking the sides of that bag. You're not getting any kind of air. So now I'm back to immediate panic. So I got the breathing issue. I have the fever going. I'm coughing up blood. And I'm just like, what the hell? Now, mind you, this is all within the course of a day of finding out that I'm diagnosed with COVID. So at this point, again, I get my bearings back together and I'm able to get a hold of a friend to get a ride down to Kaiser Hospital. But when I get to Kaiser Hospital, um, I could hardly walk. So I'm coming up the walkway. They offer me a wheelchair the whole bit. Still be on your macho bravo. Nah, nah, I'm cool. Let me just try and make it. They get me there. They get me checked in. Inpatient basically will checking me into the emergency room, first of all. See, it's one of those things with the mind. But first of all, so they're checking me in to the ER. The ER, man, it's wild. As soon as I get in there, it's like I'm hella dry, man. My mouth is just hella dry. The point where it feels like I'm trying to swallow like sandpaper. It's got to be the worst feeling ever. Trying to swallow, but you don't have anything in you to even generate to swallow. So when they hook me up, the first thing they do is they give me steroid injections. They hook up an IV so I can get some fluids going through me. Um, They give me some other shots to try and help get this fever to go down. Because by now I'm roasting, y'all. I'm like literally rotisserie, just like... So all I need to do was get brushed by somebody making the chicken, man. I'm literally rotisserie sweating in this joint to where I'm just soaking through my clothes at this point. So when they're in the process of doing all of this, the the, the nurse comes in. And when the nurse comes in, the doctor comes in and she looks at me and she's just like, look, you are dehydrated. And I can tell by your heart rate. And I've never knew that, you know, you could tell by somebody's heart rate. That they're dehydrated. Now, I'm not a medical person at all, y'all. So this is not to say, yay, nay, vaccine, don't vaccine, COVID is this, COVID is that. This is just my story. So the lack of knowledge or the knowledge that I do have is just from my own personal experience. But I'm not knowing that you can look at somebody's heart rate and tell that they're dehydrated. So the caveat to it is she's going to give me the stuff that I need to help get me hydrated. But she can only give me half of that bag to hydrate me because by now they've done chest x-rays and so forth. And they see that I'm full of pneumonia. So I got all this liquid in my chest. I'm coughing up this blood, the whole nine. Too much water is going to cause me more problems. So you talk about being on the hell of a fence. You're dehydrated as hell, but you can't get hydrated because getting hydrated could cause you more medical problems and potentially kill you. So I'm just like, this is a, a hell of a trip. Now, this is all just taking place within hours at a time, man. It was even taking that long. We go through the spill with that doctor. Got the oxygen in my nose, the whole nine. And here comes the actual factual doctor. And when my man comes in, he comes in with the questionnaires. He comes in and starts asking me about people talking to me as far as priests, religion, they have the rights to do CPR and so on and so forth. And I know they got to ask a lot of these questions as standard. But damn, when you laying up in there at that moment, none of this is feeling like standard. At this point in time, everything is feeling like somebody's reading your last rights and asking how do you want to have your affairs handled on the way up out of here. That's what it's feeling like at this point to me. That's how I'm taking it. That's where I'm going with it. And that's how I'm feeling at the moment because I'm thinking, damn, this is it. Now, I've lived through a lot of different things. 
Some were bad decisions. Some were medical decisions. And I've never in my life felt like I was this close to death in my life. Like this, I'm looking at the Grim Reaper, man. And usually I can outrun this joint. But thanks to this respiratory problem, this guy is on my heels. And I'm feeling like literally he is truly on my heels at this point. You know what I mean? He, he's not even lacing up his good running shoes. My man has on some slides like... The way your respiratory is functioning, brother, I don't have to run too fast. I don't have to run too far. I'm just going to keep my slides on. And you about to just drop where you are. I'm just going to pick you up on the way and keep it pushing. That's how I'm feeling. And this is what's going through my mind with his doctors explaining these options to me. And uh, he drops the one option on me. And it starts off with, how is your liver? How is your kidney? And I'm just like, brother, I, I don't know how anything is at this point in time. But... He's asking me these questions because the medication that they're going to give me is a medication that can uh, negatively affect your liver and your kidney. So they're going to have to do continuous monitoring, which means just grabbing vials of blood to make sure that, you know, it's not damaging or affecting anything. Now, mind you, I'm trying to lightweight comprehend this in between feeling like death. So at this point, I'm really not 100 percent sure what I'm agreeing to. But when he tells me that he's going to give me attacks, the coronavirus, as opposed to just kind of waiting it out and trying to, um, I guess, I don't know, it's one of those foggy moments. But when it's, as opposed to the opposite of attacking it, I guess they have the other way of doing it where they kind of give you medication to kind of fight it, but not really aggressively attack it. This is the most aggressive method that they can go. And he's like, you'll usually know if it's working within three to five days. Um, you're going to get better or you're not so we'll, we'll know and at that point we'll switch to procedures at this point man you could offer to take my liver and my kidney out just get me out of the situation that I'm in so we fast forward they bring in another set of stuff they hook me up with the IVs and the drips and I'm just laying there man but the whole time I'm laying there I'm just sweating sweating through these gowns I'm sweating through these sheets I'm sweating through everything it's the worst feeling on earth man in the room that i'm in ironically enough i ended up with like the hottest emergency room that i've ever been in uh, in the beginning they had attributed to the fact of it being uh, the coronavirus and pneumonia that was causing me to be extremely hot but upon further review it was not said uh it was not said uh uh, emergency room and coronavirus combined it was just the emergency room uh, the nurses tried to get the technicians everybody to try and turn that damn thing down it was ridiculous so on top of running over 100 plus fever now I'm in this room that's like 90 degrees man I'm telling you if anything could continue to go wrong it was going to continue to go wrong now mind you this is from me finding out that I have the virus on Friday this is like Saturday not even 24 complete hours and I done went from just having a cough and a fever to full-blown COVID pneumonia. So when people say like, okay, what's the difference between the flu and just the common, like the common flu and coronavirus? Last time I checked, man, if I had the flu, I had time to make it to pneumonia. Not like an hour or two or 24 hours. It was like you had the flu, you didn't cough the stuff out of your chest. A few days passed, the chest and stuff starts changing colors. Then comes the blood. Here comes pneumonia. This was just like COVID positive, fever, cough, blood, pneumonia, inpatient. Scariest shit I've ever been through in my life, man. Scariest thing I've ever been through in my life. So now 
you get me up here, man, and um, I'm finally checked in. I'm finally on inpatient status. So upstairs on the inpatient side of it, man, is everything just continues. You know what I'm saying? Everything continues. I'm still getting the treatments. Now I'm getting two shots in my stomach to keep me from getting clots. Uh, now I'm having finger sticks done. I've never been diabetic, but I find out later that with all the steroids that they have to inject you with, those steroids will also cause you to have diabetes or can cause you to have diabetes, which I learned later on from, <clears throat> excuse me, from some of the conversations. I should have grabbed some water before I got down with y'all. Uh, ironically enough, I'm sitting right next to a water machine. Go figure that out, right? But, uh, so ironically enough, it can't cause you to get diabetes. So I'm thinking, damn, I'm going to walk out of here. So now I'm worried about liver conditions kidney conditions diabetes on top of just the fact of dying right so some people man i know they they've gone through this whole covid thing some haven't had it nearly as bad there's other people out there who could probably tell you a story, uh, story 10 times worse than what i'm telling you right now but just from my own life experience this was hell this was like the closest thing to death ever so you're isolated in this room you have oxygen going through you IVs connected to you Shots getting put through your whole body man Including your stomach You move at all it's pain I have what they call uh, COVID toes and fingers To where every part of my joints My elbows, my shoulders Just to try and push myself back On the bed To get resituated was terrible To try to go to the restroom And just disconnect the oxygen So that I could walk three feet To the bathroom and come back felt like that fish in that asthma commercial out of water where you're just like oh my god you're gasping so these are the things that you're dealing with now pride wise of course man i'm not gonna say oh yeah give me the the, the bedpan and woo-wah. but even at that i was so weak that that would have been a disaster because i couldn't even control myself enough to get up to move so that still would not have been an option or a feasible option so at this point man i'm like I'm in this dark room by myself and I'm just really contemplating like where's my life at at this point I'm really looking at things reviewing it and it's sad because you know you can't control any of this man you can't have an attorney come in and fix this you can't have your homeboys come in and clean this up you can't you know what I'm saying you can't call your your mind's mind's deceased but to touch on that is crazy because I have been missing my mom a whole lot over the last couple of weeks and it's one of those moments to whereas I felt like I was so close to the end that it was mixed feelings of joy knowing that I'm going to see her in the afterlife, but the same pain knowing that I'm leaving my son here and I'm not ready to go. But that's where my mind was with everything that's taking place right now is that I don't know if I'm coming or going. And that's just the truth behind it. And it's not giving up a fight. But at the same time, your body is feeling like, look, you can only push you so much with this fight. You better hope these meds start working because this is moving quick. So I find myself in that mug crying. And the, the part about it that's so hard is when you're in that mug and you're crying, in order to cry, you still need that oxygen. So you find yourself crying and causing yourself more problems with your breathing. So now it's like, damn, I'm going to cry myself to death. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Literally. And this is what goes through your head, man. There's so much trauma that comes from this. It's more than just 
dealing with the illness itself it's when you get to that point to where you feel like you are truly going to die and all you have to do is lay there and hope that whatever they're giving you pulls you through and whatever your beliefs are whatever that might be if you don't have any trust me by the time this damn thing is over you'll probably develop some because you got to start believing in something at the, at that point to just hope that it can pull you through and I mean I'm calling to my mind internally like look I'm not ready to come see you I know you're not ready for me to come see you so if you still riding for me in the after I need you to really push that energy down here too and try and get me up out of this joint because it's looking grim you know what I mean so I start making it through this whole process right and um guys excuse me I'm down here looking at my nose making sure I don't miss out on certain things but one of the things that's that's the trippiest part out to me still and if you listen to other months of my podcast you can probably tell there's a little difference in the flow uh, and so forth but that's because I'm still trying to really get my bearings together man but it's weird now because there's a huge disconnect between a time frame that took place where it's something that triggers me from being cold to if I sweat and start having it's like if I sweat at night and I get cold to going to the restroom and it all has something to do with something that happened during their process in a row but the cold part about it is I can't process it I can't put it all together to make sense as to why that's a trigger now you know what I mean this is some of the stuff that you come out of this whole COVID spill with is this whole fogginess of like what really happened I was talking to someone else that had it um, from the hospital and she says this is a whole part where she was like probably a week's worth that she can't remember at all so there's a lot of stuff they tell you about on COVID as far as your basic symptoms it's a damn individual sport and it's truly based on whatever you get struck with and I can't say it's a different strand whatever it is but it's truly whatever you get stuck with is the real hand that you are dealt you know what I mean we're getting the same damn cars it just depends on what's in that shit and apparently I got the joker slash with the devil and some other mess that I should have just threw the whole damn hand away but fortunately I was able to ride through that whole thing man but and now I just have triggers that I don't really understand and uh that part I think is gonna plague me for a hot minute so I can't figure this whole thing out but that's 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 not bear with me one moment y'all I'm about to tear up some stuff over here but that part alone man was just crazy in itself man so now where am I at currently uh man uh man currently man my mental state right now is still that of someone that's kind of shook man I'm still kind of having those moments of being scared you know when you're by yourself you know what I mean it's like uh, I'm much better than what I was a couple of days ago and as it progresses you start having more faith and more trust in your body and, and what's going on with it um still weak my diets man i don't know when that's going to get back on track because right now um it's really just fruits and berries man fruits berries and juices because that seems to be the only thing that's not salty because when i say something is salty i mean as if somebody was to give you a glass of water and then pour a third of that cup full of salt and say here you go drink that that's how salty everything tastes for me right now and if it's not salty, it feels like I got like a mouthful of like nickels or metal. You know what I mean? So taste wise is off. So the only thing that doesn't really trigger it that bad 
is a is natural fruits, man. I tried to eat a sandwich earlier, and it's just like my God, dude. I think by the time I get done with this, I'm gonna be on a low sodium diet just by default because the thought of salt is probably gonna just trigger me. So I'm dealing with that right now. Um, shoot, man. Um, oh, what am I not dealing with, man? I don't even know to tell you the truth. Um, this is probably one of the realest podcasts you're gonna get out of me outside of. You know, some of the other joints that I thought was always being real, but this right here, man, the biggest thing is just trying to get over the fear of dying. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. You know what I mean, it's almost like you have um, PTSD, survivor's remorse from freaking COVID, man, because I truly understand now how some people make it in there and never make it out. You know what I mean? It's um, one of the things that I learned while I was in there. When I was talking to one of the nurses And it's about the oxygen intake So when I went in They had gave me two liters of oxygen Now, you know, for those that know liters and measurements and so forth That's probably not a lot But for somebody who never needs oxygen, shit, that's a lot So they give me the oxygen and so forth But when I'm talking to the nurse, he's telling me He's like, you know what? He's like, keep your head up. He said, I think you're going to be okay. So I think you're going to be one of the ones that makes it out of here. Uh, so the reason being is that you came in and you only needed two liters of oxygen. This whole time that you've been here, you've only needed two liters of oxygen. He said, people come in here needing six, eight, and 10 to start. So then we go as high as 40. He said, now some people hit 40. And once you hit that 40, we have to start bringing in the big machines, the ventilators. He said, and just truth be told, usually that accompanies a trip to the ICU. He said, so as of right now, since you're pushing day three in here, and your oxygen intake has not increased as far as going from those two liters. He said, so you stand a pretty good chance of recovery. He said, you probably feel like shit right now. You probably feel terrible. And it's hard to believe what I'm telling you. He's like, but mark my words. You're going to get out of here. If you stay at that same oxygen level, you're going to recover. And I'm hearing my man and I'm trying to listen to my man. But all I'm still hearing is that oxygen thing in the back giving me the business and all these these things that I'm dealing with. But his insight did make me feel much better because I'm thinking, damn, if it goes as high as 40 and I'm only up to two liters right now, then I'm really doing good in that sense. But how quickly this COVID shit was moving, it could have went from two liters then. And by the time he walked out the damn room, it might have been up to 10 liters, yo, for how quick this thing was moving. You know what I'm saying? But I took his advice, man. I took heed to what my man said. And I sat back. Just kind of was like, okay, let me keep trying to ride this out. Another gentleman comes in, and he's from housekeeping, a brother. And they just happened to grow up in the same neighborhood, but he has like 10 years on me. He walks in and he's just like, young bro, what are you doing in here? And I'm trying to tell him, I'm like, you know, man, this and that. He's like, you know what, man? He said, you 48 years old, brother. So get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make it. You're going to be all right. So I've been here long enough to see it too, where they come and they go. He's like, but trust me when I tell you, man. He's like, I'm talking to you. Your spirit still sounds good. You know, even what you're going through right now, you still sound like you're, you're with it. You know, he's like, you just got to keep your head up. And me and him had a nice long conversation to the point to where he had to 
tell me that he had to dip off before they start looking for him. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I know I'm past the time frame. But the fact that he took the time out, man, to really try and comfort me, man, and give me some good thoughts and positive vibes and positive feelings, and we just had that connection from the same neighborhood as it was, was a beautiful thing. And you need that when you're dealing with this, man. You need as much love and support to pour into you as possible while you're isolated in that room by yourself. Now, I don't know how some of you are, but for me, I have isolation issues as it is. I don't like being in places without windows. I don't like being in places where I can't go come and go freely out of a door. So I'm dealing with all of this, man. The last time I was in the hospital, man, was with my mom's before she passed. So I don't have a good history with hospitals. So for me, the people that were talking to me while I was there, man, shout out to the Kaiser staff, man. Um, if you're not in California, San Diego, or just in the general U.S. and even know what it is, but Kaiser Permanente, man, I know I talked a lot of mess when we changed our insurances, but man, salute to those people. Love and respect and the staff is beautiful and uh, it helped me get through a lot of this. But I talked to a respiratory uh, therapist because she's now my my ticket to getting out of the hospital basically based on what my doctor is telling me because they finally get the fever under control and uh man real quick on that fever when that fever finally broke when that fever finally broke man it was probably pushing midnight and I just woke up like somebody had just poured a bucket of water on me I was ridiculously wet and uh they had to bring me in everything new and at that point that same nurse that was putting me up on the the oxygen and the leaders he was like, hey, let me hit your temperature real quick before anything happens. And before that happened, before that, that sweat, I was 101, probably something of another. Uh, after that happened, and he came in and checked my temperature before I flipped everything over and changed, my temperature was like 97 something. And that's that's finally when we broke that, that barrier. Just a little side note of that. But when I was talking to the respiratory therapist, and she was there to check my oxygen levels and have me walk around. That little oxygen meter is a trip because when I came in that joint, I told y'all somewhere in the 80s. To get out of that joint without oxygen, I had to be up into the 90s. Uh, lowest, I think they might have let me out was 92 without the oxygen. But they put you through a five-minute test with her where you have to walk around, and she takes that oxygen off of you. In all my life, man, I've never been scared to have somebody take oxygen away from me. But I'm just like, oh, hell, dude. Like, she's going to take this oxygen away. And so much as everything else is going to go away. And I'm never getting out of this joint. Now, granted, I want to stay in as long as I can. Because I don't want to come back. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to leave in another direction. But we do the whole testing. And me and her get to conversating. And she brings up the oxygen amount also. And when we start speaking on it, we're talking about health in general. And I think this is where a lot of people took some of the information about COVID and health, obesity, and so forth the wrong way and made it seem like the media and the doctors are only attacking those that had uh, weight issues. It's not your weight that's really the issue. It's just your lung health in general. So let me explain it to you in this sense. If you walk from your car to your house no matter how far that distance is and you're winded then be worried if you walk up a flight of stairs and you get halfway up that joint 
and it's just your average set of stairs and you're winded, be worried. If you can't walk at a rapid pace and have a conversation without being winded, be worried. So it's not really about your weight. It's just about your level of activity and your lung strength. Because trust and believe, if you're having breathing problems just from doing your day-to-day normal bullshit routine and you think that you're perfectly fine, when this grabs a hold of your ass, you are not going to be perfectly fine. Trust me on that. Like I said, I'm not no doctor. I'm just a victim. You know what I'm saying? I'm just somebody who survived this madness. And I'm just giving you my two cents. You know what I mean? And take it from somebody, man, I was never somebody that was in the cardio and running and all of that. That was never my spill. You know what I mean? But fortunately, I got involved in a, in a program with Funk Roberts and the Over 40 Alpha Shred team. My sister bought me a Garmin watch and I started running. And this was over a year ago. And I lost a bunch of weight. My lungs had got stronger. And when I say that it all comes together, because when they test you for diabetes to see if you can have steroids without sending you into the diabetes, that has to do with your health and what you do with your life. When they test your liver and your kidney to see if you're able to withstand some extra kind of strong treatments and so forth, that has to do with your lifestyle. You know what I mean? So you can sit back and, and, and say that they're attacking people of certain statures and so forth. But at the end of the day, if you don't start trying to eat to live, by the time you need to eat to live, you might not live. How quickly this thing progresses, you might not have a chance to change your diet. You might not get a chance to upgrade your cardio. You might not. And if you do get that chance, you better jump on that shit. That's just real talk. Uh, I know I normally don't goes deep off on it and so forth but man you dance with death you come back with a different perspective is all i'm trying to tell you now going from here if you want to get a vaccine don't it's, it's totally up to you it's an individual sport it truly is i'm not here to tell you what to do you know what i'm saying but what i know i don't want to do is find myself in the same situation i was already in regardless of how i prevent getting there i don't want to be here again so but I will tell you before I get out of here, I, was, I just want to share this story with an individual that I had earlier today. And uh, she was a COVID survivor. On top of being a COVID survivor, though, she was also a cancer survivor. And she was explaining to me how they say that there's uh, what they consider some to be long haulers, which means that she had it back in October and she still has a bunch of side effects from it. Now, crazy thing about it. This woman survived cancer, went through the whole thing, survived cancer. And she tells me today when we're talking on the phone that during her whole time of fighting cancer, she was never as scared of dying as she was when she had COVID. And within two weeks of her being sick with COVID, she lost 21 pounds and her hair. And this is just from freaking COVID. This lady beat cancer and was more scared of dying from COVID than she ever was of cancer. Y'all let that sink in and let that sit with you. She had more side effects, more symptoms, and more lingering side effects from having COVID than she did from all of her cancer treatment. So when they tell you that this shit is real, this shit is real, man. 
You see, me and her talked for an hour and some change. She's also experiencing the the taste situations. I mean, she had to have her husband stand in the bathroom with her because she feared that she was going to drown just so she could wash her hair because she was scared to even try and hold her breath because the thought of her stopping herself to breathe triggered her not being able to breathe when she was in the hospital. She spent three weeks in the hospital, used up all of her COVID time that they gave. She used up all of her sick time. And then her job finally gave her workers comp because she got it from a co-worker. And that's the only thing else that covered her financially to keep her from really falling off. But this was in October. She still has the brain fogginess. She still has the forgetful moments. She still can't remember certain things that happened to her during that time frame. You know what I mean? And during our course of our conversation, I understood her. She understood me because we would both have to pause to get our thoughts back together, to get back to what we were trying to address. That's how bad this shit really is, y'all. I don't wish this upon anybody. I only share this story with y'all, you know, with hopes that, hey, it, it helps somebody mentally or physically, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, all I try and do is help y'all and spill to y'all what I've gone through, where I've come from in my travels and my journeys. Now, going forward right now, man, uh, shoot, man, <laughs> it, it's, it's just to try and recover. You know what I mean? Um, they gave me a bunch of medications and things of that nature to take. Uh, but really, I think I kind of came out good as far as like list of medications and things of that nature. Um, bear with me here. Bear with me here. Uh, shoot, man. Uh, so right now, just on my side of it, what I'm dealing with is uh, the, the after effects for me is... Um, Shoot the, the taste thing I told y'all about The salt and the metal um, My sleep is still kind of off Because shoot sleep is like the shadow of death To me it's like the cousin of death So I go to sleep I'm still kind of nervous But I did move from the couch to the bedroom Which is a huge accomplishment Because I was not trying to go in there um, Shoot man um, I don't know. So some of the stuff is just hard to explain, man. Like, like I said right now, like that moment, that's that brain fogginess I'm telling y'all about. I was there with y'all. Fortunately, I have my notes to realize. Like it, right there, I knew you probably gonna have brain fogginess. Go figure that, right? Um, shoot, man, my vision is still kind of funky. You know what I mean? Sometimes I can see things perfectly clear. Sometimes I gotta read things by taking a picture of it on the phone. So I still got that going on, but. I'm on the road to recovery at this point. You feel me? So it's a lot of rest, getting my diet back on track. I went out today. I walked 30 minutes. Probably should have did 15, but I had to get that push. Uh, I walked 30 minutes. I felt good. You know, it's going to be baby steps to to try and get back to what I was originally. Um, Just trying to find that mental peace and then reaching back out to my therapy team so that I can reconnect and discuss some of these issues so I can move forward get my mental health realigned along with my physical health again um vitamin d 1000 milligram vitamin c shots and echinacea and so forth um shoot man that mucinex man has been helping me to clear everything out of there uh, i'm strong on my peppermint tea with lemon and honey in it right now 
Um, I try and drink that when I first wake up in the morning just to loosen up everything in my chest. And then I, I drink it again in the evening just to loosen everything back up again just in case I need to still try and get something out of there. And uh, just plenty of fluids, man. Just plenty of fluids. And uh, just keeping the body in motion. Just keeping the body in motion, man. So, you know, it's, it's definitely been an adventure. And again, like I say, man, this is just my own personal journey with COVID. Everybody else's out there is going to be different. I didn't do this to compare it to anybody else's. I didn't do this to make me make mine seem like it was more uh, dramatic or 